Good day, everyone. It's a beautiful day in the Psyche community. Welcome to Psyche Podcast, where we are dedicated to improving mental health together. You are here with your podcast hosts, Dr. Zamika Simmons-Yan and Alyssa Peckham, where we will spill the tea on hot topics in psychiatry. That's right. Here on Psyche Community Podcast, you will get a quick lowdown on what's steaming in the world of mental health. We ask you to listen to the episodes, rate us, and review us. Better yet, share the Psyche Podcast with your friends, where we all can sip on the Psyche tea and maybe have a side of lemon with it. Well, I hope you're excited, because today we have a lot of tea to spill. Yes, today is a rainy day here in the Southeast, and as I sip on my honey and ginger tea, I thought about With all this rain, what makes this day bright? Well, it's a bright day because the trees and the grass are being quenched of their thirst. And as I take another sip, my day gets brighter because you know that light rain shower washes away some of of that pollen, which is welcomed for us allergy sufferers. I don't know what flavor of tea you're sipping on, but your day is about to shine bright because we at PsyQ have been focusing on patient empowerment. Sip on this tea for a second. You know, patient empowerment, it's, it's one's retention of autonomy and responsibility for decision-making during treatment. Everyone deserves this freedom. So on today's episode, we have a special guest who will impart wisdom to us on the topic of psychiatric advanced directives. Drum roll, please, because joining us is the phenomenal Dr. Leon Raven. Yes, he is a board-certified psychiatrist who is currently serving in a position of statewide psychiatric medical director for the Division of Public and Behavioral Health in the state of Nevada. Dr. Raven serves as a member of the Executive Committee of Medical Directors Council of the National Association of State Mental Health Program Directors. But but there's more. Dr. Raven has presented nationally at professional meetings on various topics focusing on the delivery of psychiatric care, mental health laws, and medical ethics. I'm telling you, We are going to get the tea today from this amazing and dynamic scholar. Welcome, Dr. Raven, and thank you for joining us to spill the tea. Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to be here today. Uh, The topic of advanced directives have been close to my heart for a very long time, and I am very eager to uh, talk to anyone who is interested uh, in learning about uh, this great tool for our patients. Oh, yes. I'm so excited about this tea today, and I love your passion. And you know what? I couldn't come close to properly introducing you. So please tell us a little more about yourself and your specific interests or practice. Well, I think you've done pretty good job. <laughs> uh, there is not much to add. Uh, I do work for the state of Nevada, even though in today's capacity, I'm just speaking to you as a psychiatrist uh, with uh, about 20 years of experience in uh, clinical and administrative practice. I will 
or teach at the School of Medicine. Uh, I work uh, with the residents. And uh, in addition to that, I'm trying to help the community. I am one of the trainers for crisis intervention team training for Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, where I work with the law enforcement officers, helping them understand uh, what mental illness and mental health crisis may present like in the community settings. Uh, I am very interested in mental health laws and how they affect the practice of psychiatry and also the lives of our patients. You know, Dr. Raven, I didn't know that you worked with law enforcement. That is amazing. I told you all, he is dynamic. Thank you, Dr. Raven. That was an excellent, excellent introduction. And, you know, I was doing my homework before this podcast episode, trying to figure out what exactly is a a psychiatric advance directive and who qualifies for one or who we should be thinking about, you know, when we're when we're looking at these. So can you tell us what exactly that is and who should have it? Is there a specific population that we're thinking about? So I'd like to start my answer with a quote from George Clemenceau. He is a former minister or prime minister of France. And uh, his saying was that uh, the war is too important to be left to the generals. And uh, the psychiatric advance directives is that legal tool uh, that uh, allows a person with mental illness uh, to direct their psychiatric care, their health care in advance uh, when uh, all the patients uh, have uh, the ability to clearly express all their preferences for treatment and also for some non-treatment matters and uh, let the treatment team know how their care should be delivered to them in an event when they are no longer able to make those decisions at the time of mental health crisis. What we know uh, from uh, psychiatric advanced directives uh, research uh, that uh, people with mental illness are quite well informed about evidence-based and cost-effective care. A lot of them uh, draw on their past experience being able to receive treatment at various settings, inpatient, outpatient settings, trial and error of various medications and non-medication treatment options, and they can educate their providers, uh, their doctors, about what worked, what didn't work for them, and uh, give the tools to physicians uh, to to use that knowledge uh, from patients' prior experiences in uh, uh, making sure that the patients receive the best care they can. Amazing. So this is a future planning document, essentially. So during a time when they can express what they want to be done in the future, they have it all written down and um, it's a very formal document for them, kind of lays out their wishes. It is a formal document and uh, many states uh, with psychiatric advanced directive laws actually provide either a template uh, of uh, what needs to go into the document or at least clearly state certain conditions uh, that are uh, requirements for a person uh, to complete psychiatric advance directives. So, Dr. Raven, are those laws different across the states when it goes to thinking about those directives? Yes, they are. And uh, in their core, uh, they're all uh, geared towards accomplishing the same mission. Uh, But there are some subtle changes Uh, in uh, the way how the documents could be written, constructed, how long those uh, documents remained in effect. Some states may allow a person 
uh, to appoint an agent uh, who can make decisions for them when the person is no longer able to make those healthcare decisions. In certain states, it is actually a requirement uh, that uh, the person would have uh, essentially a surrogate decision maker uh, in addition uh, to the written uh, wishes expressed on the document. So it is definitely helpful for the person to know what the laws are in their particular state. Many states do recognize psychiatric advance directives uh, if they were completed in another state uh, for as long as they don't contradict uh, the laws of uh, the state where the person is seeking psychiatric care. You know, I, I really like the term you used previously, legal tool. And I, I think that is so pertinent to understand that this is a tool for the freedom of our most vulnerable patients. So when it all comes down to it, can you please just, just briefly share how the Psychiatric Advanced Directive, how does it impact the families, um, even the therapeutic alliance and, and, and patient outcomes? And I know that's a loaded question, but I think it's, it's helpful for us to understand how does it impact us all? Uh, it's a great question, and uh, I wish I could uh, give you a very detailed research-based answer to that. There was some research done in the area of psychiatric advanced directives, uh, but it was mostly focusing on uh, patient outcomes and therapeutic alliance with the treatment team and less on the impact on the family or impact of the family uh, at the person who completes psychiatric advanced directives. What we do know from the research uh, that uh, well, those participants uh, in the research studies who completed psychiatric advanced directives. And we're talking about people with severe persistent mental illness, major psychiatric diagnosis, like schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, bipolar disorder. Uh, well, those uh, individuals, when they completed psychiatric advanced directives, were significantly more likely uh, to report uh, that their needs for treatment have been met at at least one month follow-up after completing psychiatric advanced directives. They demonstrated better improvement in working alliance. Uh, they had uh, high utilization of outpatient services. And uh, overall, though, they felt like their needs for treatment have been met. I don't, I'm not familiar uh, with the study specifically focusing on the impact on the families. However, what we do know uh, that uh, uh, at the time when a uh, person is experiencing a mental health crisis, their thinking may be impacted by the nature of uh, that mental health crisis. And having that written document that not only helps the family uh, and the treatment team guide uh, uh, the treatment through patients' preferences of particular choice, which hospital they want to get their care, which medication they want to don't want to be prescribed. But it also they may include information there who uh, would be welcome to visit the person at the time of mental health crisis, or in certain instances, even who shouldn't be visiting a person uh, when they're in mental health crisis. We're all adults. Uh, we all have our preferences. We value our privacy. We value our independent decision-making. And uh, this document essentially helps us in advance inform the family, inform the treatment team about certain things that can make our life better or worse 
at the time of the mental health crisis. And now I'm just I'm thinking about their utilization in practice as well, just kind of thinking back to when I was in practice and how often this came up. I'm going out on a limb and saying that I, I feel like these are underutilized. How what is your opinion on that? And do you think that that's been changing year to year? Uh, yes, you are correct. Uh, the tool. Well, first of all, let me say that uh, this is a relatively new concept. So, uh, for example, in the state of Nevada, where I'm practicing, uh, this has not become the law until 2017. So we are only five years into all this. Uh, and uh, the states that have had psychiatric advance directives for a longer period of time still uh, have had that tool available to their patients for only about 20-something years. So the, it does take a lot of education of the community, patients, care providers, uh, and uh, very supportive uh, groups uh, to understand uh, what those uh, advanced directive laws are and how they could be used uh, to persons' benefit. Actions that are now done uh, by both the legislative authorities and regulatory uh, groups, uh, uh, such as um, uh, CMS uh, that uh, put more emphasis on the hospitals and uh, other healthcare facilities to make inquiries uh, towards uh, the uh, psychiatric advance directives and provide certain level of education to the patients if the patients are interested in uh, completing this tool. I see. All right. And so I'm thinking that a lot of our viewers are similar minded. So they're thinking that, you know, these are underutilized. They want to learn more about them and kind of read more, gather more information. So if you could give any advice to our listeners as to where they could get more information about this or, you know, where they can read up on it, where do you, where do you suggest that they go? So the, the laws, how they're written, I guess, <laughs> is the nature of the law writing. They, they could be quite confusing if you're reading a legal document for the very first time. Uh, obviously, it, it's a good start uh, to get the general education on the topic. Uh, I would like to thank you guys for being on the forefront uh, of uh, bringing this education uh, to both uh, uh, people in need of completing psychiatric advice directives, uh, but also to the healthcare professionals uh, who may be involved in uh, helping uh, our patients to complete this tool. So PsyQ already posted quite a number of uh, relevant uh, uh, data points, so uh, uh, quite a bit of information on it. I also uh, would like to highlight some of the work that was done by NAMI, uh, in uh, explaining uh, to the other community uh, what psychiatric advanced directives are, as well as uh, the National Resource Center for Psychiatric Advanced Directives, uh, which compiles information from all states uh, with or without psychiatric advanced directives on what options are available uh, for persons interested in completing uh, this document. Uh, you can actually go on their website and click uh, on the state where you live in uh, to learn more. And I am also very excited about the new app uh, that uh, has only been available for about a year and a half. Uh, it's a mobile app. Uh, it was developed uh, through SMI Advisor, uh, which is a project funded by SAMHSA and uh, uh, administered by the American Psychiatric Association. It leads you through uh, 
section by section uh, on most important questions you need to answer in preparation for uh, of your legal document. Now, I am not sure whether or not just completing the app could uh, have certain legal uh, weight in a particular state. However, I can tell you that it hits on all the critical components of what you want to have in the psychiatric advanced directives. And uh, if you do this yourself, at least uh, it, it is something that you could bring uh, to the meeting with somebody who could help you to complete uh, the formal document uh, in a proper way. And that is so amazing, Dr. Raven. And, and I like that you gave us kudos for being on the forefront of psychiatric advanced directives. We have quite a few resources on PsychU, especially like we have a fact sheet and, and, an, and an even more detailed introduction of what it is. And we also do a deep dive. So we're going to include the information that Dr. Raven has provided for us in the show notes. So I just want to thank you for spilling the tea on psychiatric advanced directives. And that's patient empowerment for sure, that legal tool for freedom of psychiatric treatment. So the rain has stopped and our day is brighter. So I know our listeners feel more plugged in on this topic and we are so excited about the resource you outlined. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate all the work you guys are doing. All right, so there you have it. You've heard it for yourself right here on PsychU Community Podcast. But the beauty is, is that you don't have to stop here. So definitely head over and check out the show notes for the links to find more resources about today's discussion on psychu.org. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to hear more hot topics right here on the PsychU Community Podcast, please rate and review us and then subscribe so you can always get get the new episode right when it drops. And for the social media lovers out there, check out our other social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. So until next time, thank you for listening, everyone, and we hope you have a great day.